Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Here Comes a Thought podcast. I am Gian Ramos, and we are joined by professional Meat Beat Mania champion Mark Kuiwis. Hey. And uh, giant woman Kat LaForgia. Oh, you got it right. Cool. Hi. Wish I could say the same thing about my name, but you know, it's okay. No one ever gets it right on the first try. Queedies, right? Yeah. yeah. See, Queedies. Oh, see, then you, yeah. see, you got it right on the first try. You're you're one of the select few. Queedies. Uh-huh. Go did, did I get it wrong? <laughs> you said you, yes. you kind of had it more queries, but it's all right. Everyone does it like that. Or they say Cruz okay, or Cures or something. Something wrong. Yeah. I would say it in Spanish, but sometimes I get confused as if to pronounce it in English. That is how you say it in Spanish. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That sometimes I I, I say it in English because I don't know if I can say it in Spanish. So Spanish is my main language. So arcade okay. episode eleven, arcade mania. So yeah, oh first episode is arcade mania, and so Stephen, he he's on a mission with them at first, and. I really don't remember how this episode goes. Can somebody pick it up from here? Oh, you don't know how the episode goes? I don't remember. So they go on uh, a mission. Steven kind of, I don't remember if he hits his head or whatever, but by the time they get back to the, to the home, they're like, yes. Oh yeah, that was it. The, uh, the weird drill a uh, drill monster comes out and Amethyst is rescuing Steven while Garnet and Pearl kind of fight it. Uh, Garnet kicks his ass with no problem. And then we end up at the arcade to celebrate that they were able to beat this monster so quickly. Mm-hmm. All the and little the arcade is sort of things. Steven's idea. Yes, it was Steven's idea. Um, but all the we, we have to also note that all the little drill pieces from this monster start falling off. And Garnet says, if they're going to be a problem, they're going to have to face me. And she's basically being all badass and everything. And everybody's like, yeah, you know, Garnet's badass, so we don't have to worry about this. And uh, so then we start the episode with Steven wanting to celebrate at the arcade because that's his favorite place. Um, And he's trying to find video games that he feels will fit his uh, crystal gem homies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which, by the way, he ends up choosing all the wrong games for everybody. He does. He, He does. But he tries. But this does also show when we look at relationships with kids, um, kids see their parents as a certain way. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that their parents are human for, for a very long time. It does. It takes a while for, for a kid to realize that their parents are human. And this is this episode where we sort of start seeing that Steven doesn't know that much about his, uh, about the crystal gems. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he sees a, he chooses, I'm sorry, he chooses his video games where it's like, uh, what is it? What did he choose again? Uh, a racing game 
for Pearl. It was a crashing game. It was a crashing game for Pearl. Yeah. And for Amethyst is that one where you you throw the balls into the... yeah, oh. it was ski ball, but it, in in a way, like it, it's kind of hard to say that that was a wrong game. But in this case, I would say it's the wrong game because for Amethyst, like of course, Amethyst is the one who is who's going to resort to cheating, and <laughs> that's a game where you can cheat at it if you know, like in in this instance, you know, she's sitting on the actual machine, just taking the balls and just throwing them immediately in the the one hundred spot or the highest scoring uh, hole. To try to win me an airplane. Well, and and mm-hmm. but it was kind of funny because she he shows her the game, but he shows her the game with Onion having like thousands of tickets to the point where he gets a moped. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Amethyst. We've I mean we can kind of deduce from previous episodes is kind of. Um, competitive. So if he can win in moped, then I could probably win the airplane. But yeah, there's a line that Pearl uh, says, it's humans find such fascinating ways to waste their time. (laughs) Yeah, that's what Pearl says. Yes. So Stephen thinks this is a great opportunity, but in in that one line, we, we see that Stephen, again, doesn't know anything about the crystal gems because Pearl automatically sees this as a waste of time. She hasn't even walked in fully and she's like, yep, this is a waste of time. Yeah. But at the same time, it sort of shows Pearl's sort of um, resistance to try to understand um, Stephen's world and the way he sees it because she does go in with a sort of curiosity and, uh, and but it's not something she can relate to and so mm-hmm. the the sort of way she she sort of explains that away is by saying you know humans find such fascinating ways to to waste their time and you know what does pearl do on her free time the only part where that i remember where i can see pearl sort of doing something in her free time she was doing ballet and uh, sorting out swords in her room and that episode where uh, together breakfast which yeah it it sort of shows a a different lifestyle than what sort of steven is used to and so yeah it, it sort of shows this initial resistance on her part to to really sort of commit to the experience of trying to understand what steven likes I, I'm saying that Steven doesn't know that much about uh, about his crystal gem companions. But then again, do the crystal gems actually take the time? And when we say the crystal gems in this one, we're just going to really refer to Pearl, take the time to get to know Steven as, as a human. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those situations where Steven is doing something benign he's doing something that a tup- a typical uh, a typical kid would want to do is go to the arcade and have some fun and pearl doesn't understand it but she she at least is giving it the, the try because most times when we think about parents looking at their k- kids uh hobbies or whatever they kind of say it, it is a waste of time 
you know, it's not important. It's not necessary. It's not significant. But Pearl at least is taking the time to say, you know what? I don't understand it, but sure, let's do it. Yeah. And that's, and that's a big thing too. Steven gives Pearl the, 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 what, what is it? Road killers game. Yeah. It's, was that the, was that the name of the game? Something. So, um, I think it was road killers. And so, yeah, so killer, the whole, yeah. the road, the whole thing about it was that you were supposed to crash and she's driving very well. And she they keep saying, you're doing horribly. <laughs> but again, she doesn't understand the concept of the game. The concept of the game is the crash, not to drive well. And, uh, Amethyst yeah. doesn't understand the concept of the game is to attempt to score the hundred points, not to just get it. For for Amethyst, it's about getting the prize at the end, not the developing a skill. Mm-hmm. Or the but, rules per se. What? I, I don't think she I don't think she understands the rule that she has to throw the balls from a specific point in order to sort of have that that that's the point of the game, sort of the challenge yeah. to her. The point of the game was to win the tickets, get the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and that, that also goes into how uh, children explain things to their parents, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, you, the, the point of the game is to get the tickets. It's not about getting the tickets. Actually. It's, you know, the point of the game is you stand over here, you roll the ball and you try to get, get the highest points you can the the reward from the game is that you get these extra tickets. So yeah, so Stephen explains it in a kind of juvenile way, and so Amethyst understands it in a juvenile way. Okay, well, the point of the game is to get these tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally is finding something for Garnet to do. But Garnet is a complete badass. Mm-hmm. So he tries to find something that's physically aggressive, like Garnet can be, and she destroys everything. Yeah. So first he gives her a, a fighting game, sort of joystick and button fighting game, and she breaks the screen, which is a, a very creative way to finish the game. Um, I mean, she won. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, he told her to punch, and so she punched. Yeah, that's true. That, that's very concrete thinking on her part. Yes. And so then... Uh, he, he gives her the actual punching game, and I think this is more a miscalculation in Steven's part. So the game sort of motivates you at punching it as hard as you can. So I wouldn't blame Garnet if she wasn't expecting the game to be so uh, fragile in her sense. So as Wait. Like to to sort of did did break. anybody else listen to the point that the fact that the game said? Tell my wife and kids I love them. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, heard I, I that. Think I that. <laughs> like she hit an inanimate object so hard that it w- it told Stephen to tell it's what his wife and kids that he loved them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gained, it gained sentience. <laughs> <laughs> she knocks some she sense bought- into the game, literally. Yeah, she knocks uh. sentience into it. Okay. So finally he finds a game that he thinks she'll be good at. Mm-hmm. And he gives her 
um, Meat Beat Mania, which is, it, it looks a lot like Samba de Amigo, which was a game for Dreamcast, where you played with maracas. And oh it was my sort God, of like, I remember a, that game. <laughs> it was like a dance dance revolution, but yeah. using maracas. And I loved that game. And so she starts playing this game and she's sort of really into it while Steven is sort of trying to avoid the backlash of her having destroyed half the establishment and Mr. Smiley sort of looking for who is the one responsible for this. And so he runs away with Pearl and Amethyst to sort of, you know, not be accountable for their actions. Yeah, and and that's that's been a big thing is Steven and I I want to say the first uh the first couple episodes is literally Steven trying to find his role in the crystal gems and discover his his responsibility as as this as this person as the and it, it, we don't have a lot of like rose stuff we know rose was the leader of the crystal gems but he's trying to fill those shoes Mm -hmm. as the leader of the crystal gems and he you know he's trying to understand the responsibility of it all while still being a kid and being led by people who have no clue what it is to be human and this is an episode where he's still kind kind of not sure about responsibility and he's still trying to avoid responsibility Ultimately, in the end, he it, does take responsibility. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. mean, it was sort of like what I was saying in our last episode in terms of responsibility, um, where Steven's sort of getting like introduced to that lesson and that idea that you know your actions have consequences and you need to take responsibility for those actions. And this is in, in case, in, in in this case, this is one of those instances where he doesn't quite fully understand that concept yet, so he's still trying to weasel his way out of the consequences by running away when Mr. Smiley starts looking for um, the culprit behind all the broken games and everything. And then obviously at the end, you know, after he try after he saves Garnet from Meepy Mania, you know, there he, he has to take responsibility for his actions and the actions of the people that he got involved in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, they're also, well, they're busy saving the town from the the mini drill monsters. Does he so. actually take responsibility though? Because I mean, in the end of the episode, I think it's the fact that he's caught by Mr. Smiley. And so he tells him, you know, you have to work it off, but yeah. would he have done it if Mr. Smiley hadn't caught him? Well, that's more so like him understanding that there's consequences to his actions is what I would more so say. Not so much that he's taking responsibility, but uh, more so a lesson in that he's uh, that there's actions to the con like there's the um, flip flop that there's consequences to your actions, and that by trying to run away or try to escape the consequences or to escape punishment, if you know you did something that's wrong. Uh, it's only it's only going to catch up to you in the end. In this case, that's what what had happened. I, I kind of feel this whole episode is and okay. So I I don't really like the whole gaming addiction thing. I'm very it, there are people. I do believe there are people who have 
problems with gaming. But addiction is a very hard word. And there's a lot of criteria to meet an addiction diagnosis. And we're going to talk about them right now. So (laughs) Garnet does actually show what would be some of the criteria for gaming addiction. But she only, and again, this has to be through a prolonged time. So this has to be on a consistent basis. This has to be like through several months. This is not like, oh, just one time this happens, like in this episode. But again, this episode is only, what, 11 minutes long. So we got what we got. Does the person uh, refuse to eat or sleep or do anything to take care of themselves um, because they're too busy playing the game? Check. Garnet is doing that. Is the but person... she's a gym, um, so she doesn't sleep or eat. Shh. Does the person... <laughs> <laughs> Does the person shirk their responsibilities for the day? So in other words, if they were supposed to be going to work in the morning or going to school and they refuse to go to work or school to... Um, to continue playing the game check she is shirking her responsibility as a crystal gem because she's there playing the game is the person uh playing the game that uh to the point that it is a detriment to their family yes check they are their uh their family so the crystal gems and steven are actually being are are under attack and they're so and she's so enmeshed in the game that she is um, kind of not paying attention to that role that she has. So there, I mean, there are a bunch of other criteria, but in this small eleven minute episodes, these are the ones that she meets that would say, yeah, you know what, maybe Garnet does have a problem with video game addiction. Now the other thing is. That this is also where we see Stephen doesn't really know Garnet because there's an um we hear that Garnet is the leader of the group because she has what is it uh heightened perception. Mm-hmm. We don't really know, and again, this is us going episode by episode, so we don't really know what Garnet's heightened perception really is, but deducing from this episode you can see that garnet has uh when when he takes off the sunglasses she has three eyes and one of those eyes that center eye is like flashing with the game now for spiritual belief the center that third eye is the um the all-seeing eye it's the um it's the one for what is it um like heightened, yeah, for, just for that, for heightened perception. It's the one when we're when we're looking into the future. They always say to look with that third eye. Mm-hmm. So if we're going by that, then you know what she has the ability to see the future. So of course, this game is probably more challenging for her to kind of beat because of well, not challenging for her to beat. It's challenging for her to withdraw herself from because of the whole situation that it's drawing in her, her heightened perception. It's saying you already know what the outcome is going to be. So you just have to continue with this game. She already knows she can beat it. But the problem is again, 
a lot of times with video games, there is an end in sight. I don't know what the end in sight is for this. I don't know how many rounds it has. Yeah. Um, in, all, in all technicality, it probably should have ended by the time um, all of that had happened. But still, mm-hmm. this is also a cartoon and not real life. I mean, it depends, I think. Now, this is where this is where... I have two things. So this is where I sort of digress in the point of video game addiction. And part of it is because these are not human beings. These are gems. And so being a gem makes makes it different. We already said that whole criteria about not eating and not sleeping. Yeah. But also, Garnet has always... It's always been a part of her character that he she has two things. She has heightened perception, which is why in the first episode she says that Stephen has to be one with the universe in order to summon his weapon, and he and she can see everything at everything at every time happening at the same time or whatever. And she has a singular purpose. When she has a goal, she completes it. And yeah. She can do that at any time. And also, she's pretty much immortal. So she doesn't ha- also have a, a, a concept of time and how much time a certain task should take. And so what I believe happened here is that she was playing this game. And I think this aim, this game has an endless mode that she was playing where probably the game has this sort of algorithm that gets harder as you keep on playing. So at some point, you are bound to lose. But if you're a gem that can see into, has heightened perception, she can last pretty much forever. And so her singular purpose was to beat the game that's endless and that she can beat because she's just great at it. And I think... Mm -hmm this may be a less uh, less of an addiction problem for her as it mm-hmm. is a short-circuiting of her sort of per- perceptual self and, you know, um, the way she, her and her singular purpose. I think it's this is a, a gem-specific thing. No, I can, I can definitely see that. But I, again, this is also coming from a therapeutic standpoint of, you know, is yeah. this what, the episode is trying to say what happens when we get uh what is it uh is this what happens when we play video games too much but yeah this is definitely a situation where it kind of just short-circuited her superpower (laughs) Mm -hmm. is that the easier way to say what you said yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so um stop trying to simplify what i say and making me look like i said a lot you use said nothing. you use really big words for things. I, okay. I, it's 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 those moments where where I say okay, and this is where you see the difference in our technical skills. So again, you are training to be a psychiatrist, so more medical terms and those big big words. I deal with. As a clinician, I am talking to people on a daily basis, and I need to be able to speak to them in terms that they will understand, but is still therapeutic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You you get to talk so, to a computer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I talk to patients as well, and uh, psychiatrists can also perform um, psychotherapy. 
So we got to teach anybody have... a little word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, CBT, everything. <laughs> Does anybody have anything else to say about Arcade Mania? Because I think we have a lot to say about Giant Woman. I don't know. Well, Mark? considering you two guys, you two have pretty much dominated that entire episode. <laughs> um, I, I was I, wondering where Mark went. <laughs> uh, well, see, because you guys started going off and t- when you guys started talking about the whole video game addiction and everything, since I have really only taken and can vividly recall one psychology course, there isn't a lot that I feel like I can really talk about because I don't want to just start talking about something and have me be wrong so i'd rather mm-hmm. just kind of leave it up to you guys when it gets into the more technical things but as like a broad like paintbrush kind of thing for like the everyday people i feel like that's where where my ballpark lies and <laughs> in, in, in this podcast at least for right now okay. you know as i take more psychology courses i become more edumacated and informed <laughs> on these sort of uh ideas and theories and whatnot then i will gladly join in on these debates and uh, conversations but uh until okay. then let's segue into a giant woman shall we yes um, please this is this is probably um i i think it's one of the first episodes where we really get like a full-on like song i, I want to say do is see you turn into a giant woman the giant so, <laughs> um, so I so in this episode we have Pearl and Amethyst are kind of going at odds. It's kind of like the typical sister arguments where you know Pearl is all neat, organized, very precise and things, and Amethyst is just kind of all over the place, messy, sloppy, just not giving a care. And <clears throat> this is also where we get introduced to the idea of fusion, where um, Stephen learns that um, the gems have this ability where they can kind of join together and become this one singular being, which is a combination of both of them. Or as that's how Pearl tries to explain it, how they can fuse their bodies together to become this other form other life form and it's a combined skill set as well as height and other sort of aspects of each of them individually to become uh a new gem essentially Mm -hmm. and or as amethyst saying it's both of them but mashed together so then they become this new thing in which case for them when pearl and amethyst fuse is opal and so basically throughout the entire episode, Steven just wants to see Opal and see this giant woman. Mm-hmm. To kind of get us to that point, um, they have to go on a mission and Garnet says that they need to go get the Heaven Beetle um, while she goes and gets the Earth Beetle because the Earth Beetle is at the bottom of this lava lake and only she can swim under lava for reasons that aren't that for reasons that aren't really explained as to why only she can go through lava but nonetheless pearl and amethyst and steven they have to go to to the heaven beetle and along the way they have they're coming across these obstacles they're traversing the landscape and everything and along the while the 
the relationship between Pearl and Amethyst is really tested. It's really strained because they're constantly arguing with one another about, you know, how to do things, how each of them act in certain situations. And Steven's just trying to get them to like calm down and work together. And then in, in, in his song, he's saying, you know, I'm just going to kind of speak the lyrics here sing where it. he says, I'm not going to sing copyright. So um, he he says like, oh, I know it'll be great. And I just can't wait to see the person that you are together. If you give it a chance, you can do a huge dance because you are a giant woman. You might even like being together. And if you don't, it's, it's not going to be forever. So he's basically telling them like, hey, you know, like you two being together, working together, it might be a really great thing. But if you guys really don't like it, well, you don't have to be that way forever. Yeah. It's just a temporary thing, but he just really, really, really wants to see a giant woman. Like, he's just all about this, this giant fascinating thing and this new concept to him, and he just wants to see it with his own eyes. Now, eventually, they get to the top of the spire um, to look for the heaven beetle, but they can't find him, the heaven beetle in its house, and they get attacked by this giant, like, bird mouth monster. And so they try to fuse into Opal, but the thing is, is that Pearl and Amethyst just aren't in sync. And so they fail, and then Steven gets eaten, along with his, uh, his goat son, uh, Steven Jr. But it's because of the fact that Steven was in danger that they managed to pull together and form Opal and not only save Steven, save Steven Jr. and defeat the giant birdmouth monster and all its little children as well. That happened as a result of exploding the bigger monster. And then at the end, obviously, Steven gets to see his giant woman. And because he doesn't know exactly how fusion works, after the whole monster is dealt with, he asks he asks Opal if you know she even knows who he is. To which, of course, they kind of reprise the song a little bit. And then he realizes that they recognize him. They know who he is. Or Opal knows who he is. And then they come back and then Garnet even comments how Steven, uh, he, she was happy to see that Steven was able to see his teammates work together and fuse to be Opal. But so what I actually like about it, too, is that whole situation that Steven also understands that when they come together, they're, um, they are a completely new entity. So it's not a situation where it is Pearl and Amethyst. It is Pearl and Amethyst, Amethyst together as Opal. So Opal is a completely new person. So it uh, it's a very abstract thought when it comes to relationships. You know, you go into a relationship, you meet a person, and you take both their good and bad qualities, and you take your good and bad qualities, and that's how a relationship works. You two should at some point be, I hate saying fuse, but they should fuse together to form an amalgamation. So a new entity, you were, you know, you were one person, they were one person, and now together you are a couple. Um, and that couple can sometimes be a different person. Again, if the relationship doesn't work, when you get out of the relationship, you end up with um, new traits that you may not have had if you hadn't been in the um, hadn't been in the relationship before. But no matter what, you're still changed in a way. So that so that's a very abstract concept that Rebecca Sugar was able to really like. I mean. 
simplify with this episode, you know, the concept of like relationships change us. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I like that one. It's, it's a very, I mean, I, I love every episode and Rebecca's sugar is freaking magic. Um. Part of, I think, I, I really want to go into the lyrics because I think this pretty much shows sort of what Steven is thinking. And I think it's also a, a show of how, of Rebecca's magic as well. Um, first, she's, sorry, he is saying that um, all he wants to see is see them and t- turn into a giant woman. He He wants to be someone who gets to see a giant woman. And so he really supports them and wants to see them grow, right? And how often do we see characters in in, in animation or in shows, male characters that really just want to see a female character shine or grow? It's not that often. And it's also more towards the end of the song. He says, but if it were me, I'd really want to be a giant woman, right? Yes. And that takes us a whole another step. What, how often are men encouraged to admire women, mm-hmm. right? If, and in many ways, how, why is it that uh, as a society, we can't permit one gender to sort of look up to and want to emulate a person of another gender? And we have to sort of stick to our own rails. If we're male, we have to sort of emulate and look up to male figures if we're female vice versa and uh, i really think this is also part of sort of rebecca's sugar's magic where the way that she treats gender it it really shows how steven he's sort of past that he 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 can really admire a female character and he really want to be a female character while not necessarily questioning his own gender yeah, no, that that is something that's, you know, now that you pointed out, that is something that's uh, very important to kind of uh, take a look at here is that, you know, at the end of the song, he's saying that, like, like if it was him, he'd really want to be a giant woman, which is to say that he's perfectly OK um, with accepting the fact that if he were to be able to fuse, then he would not mind being uh, a woman, even the, despite, you know, the fact that he is, uh, you know, he's a boy. But he doesn't care. He just wants to be a giant woman. He wants to know what that experience is like to be a giant woman. And he's perfectly comfortable on that fact of I'm okay with changing genders if it means that I get to be a part of this amazing experience that they're talking about of um, com- like basically joining together with one of the crystal gems. And that's I think that's one of the sort of more positive attributes of Stephen. But on the other hand, uh, which I I also want to sort of look at this critically, Stephen, in a way, is trying to force a relationship that both parties are not comfortable with. Sort of Amethyst doesn't want to fuse with Pearl, and Pearl doesn't want to fuse with Amethyst. And they seem very uncomfortable, and they don't seem to want to sort of encourage that relationship. Mm -hmm. And I feel that Stephen is sort of telling them, you know, you have to try it out for me. I want to see it. I want to see how this relationship works out. And it seems like fusing is something very personal. And I I don't think Stephen was sensitive to that. And again, um, there's this episode, un, un, like it unpacks a lot because there's gender fluidity, which we first see with, um, with um, the Tiger Millionaire episode, 
with Amethyst's character. But again, this this whole episode is is about being in a relationship. And and I'm saying this as my own personal opinion, people. So this is not like everybody's opinion about this episode. But my opinion of the episode was that this was a whole episode about relationships. If we look at Stephen's, where Stephen is developmentally, Stephen's never been in a relationship. And the first time he has any inkling that he may be wanting to reach into a relationship is with the episode with Connie. And we haven't seen Connie since that one episode. So he hasn't seen couples really. He doesn't know the dynamics of a relationship. Um, He's never seen his mother and his father. You know, these are things that children would normally see if they were and this is one of those moments where I go, okay, because of the fact that this is Beach City and it seems a little odd and he doesn't do the same thing kids do, he doesn't have the ability to see these things on a regular basis. So forcing a relationship just so he can see what it would be like is kind of understandable. He doesn't know, he doesn't understand that it appears that fusion dancing and the appears the effusion is almost the same thing as a sexual relationship. He mm-hmm. grasps the concept that being in a relationship makes a person different, but he doesn't understand why. He doesn't understand how those dynamics completely elude him. So forcing that onto someone else is almost understandable. And it's it's also understandable like when little kids see mom and dad fighting, they don't know that mom and dad are fighting or what they're fighting for, but they, they'll force mom and dad to kiss because it'll make them feel better. And this is very much one mm-hmm. of those situations. Like Steven's like, it would make me feel better if I felt you guys were in, in harmony. And I'm going to say those words specifically in harmony because when he starts off the mission, Garnet does tell him to make sure that his kids, the, that his group is in working in perfect harmony and he says it while he's going in that uh in that light bridge thing that he's going to make sure that there's nothing but perfect harmony. Mm-hmm. He he wants to make the relationship better. He wants to make them work cohesively. He wants to make them harmonize. He wants to make them stop arguing because it would make him feel better. And you know what, I've just found out about this new concept of a fusion. So why don't you, you know, why don't you show it to me? Not because you mm-hmm. guys want to, but because it would make me feel better because you guys keep arguing. And if you are in as a fusion, you can't argue. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's it's sort of him coming to terms with a relationship yeah, so. while not understanding the concept of concept of yeah. consent completely. I mean, and again, we we are going to get to unravel a whole lot of stuff with these episodes, which I love, because um, I can spend, we could probably spend a whole hour just talking on sex in Steven Universe, and we could probably spend a whole other episode on talking about gender fluidity in Steven Universe. And I love that because it mm-hmm. teaches it in a very... Um, family friendly way it teaches it in a nice way it teaches you know it teaches everybody it's okay to be whoever you want to be you know if today you're a boy tomorrow you're a girl to you know the next day you're a giraffe hey be it so one thing i, I did want to to point out um, as something that actually gian has uh, written down in his uh, lovely notes here 
<clears throat> is that towards the end of the of the episode, when they get back and everything, and then Garnet asks about the Heaven Beetle, and then Opal defuses because they realize that they don't have the Heaven Beetle. Um, Steven actually remembered the Heaven Beetle this time, and he kept it in his pocket. And uh, something that Gian had was, you know, brought up the question was that could it be that he remembered to stay on objective for the for the mission because of the whole moon statue thing, where he left the moon statue at the at the temple and therefore they couldn't save it, and because he forgot it, you know, they, he couldn't complete the mission. But this time he remembered to keep a hold of the heaven beetle and not lose it so that when they came back, everything would be yes. safe. Yeah, it does show growth from the cheeseburger backpack episode. Yes, and uh, that was the episode of cheeseburger backpack, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, th- this is this is one of the one of the episodes where you do see that kind of growth from Steven again. You, we get to see that he's he's realizing, he's learning from his mistakes in the past and moving forward. You know, he's trying he's trying to rectify those mistakes moving forward. So what do we think about Opal? I, I think Opal is gorgeous. Seriously, I love Opal. She's one of my favorite fusions. She is my favorite fusion. You know, when we took uh, that uh, Steven Universe quiz um, that was going around in our uh, Geek Therapy Discord, mm-hmm. uh, which everyone should totally check out. Enjoy, by the way. Um, I actually ended up getting Opal, which is really cool because I had no idea that you could get uh you can get a fusion i thought it was only like one character specific but i mean i guess in this case um a fusion would be a new character because it isn't the two of them together it's them two creating a new character yes that's only temporary cuff cuff show off i'm just saying i am the perfect balance between being nice and organized like pearl and a total slob and free-flowing like Amethyst. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I feel kind of messed up now because I got Steven. What does that say about me? That just mean, <laughs> That means that you love everybody and you just want to get along and you prefer non-violence and love and compassion over everything. That is why you are the marriage and family therapist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can I can see how that works. Well, I'm Pearl. Yes. Yeah, you're because, because you're going into medical school, so you're all about being sterile and neat and organized. Mother exactly. Okay. Mother instincts. I I, I am known to be motherly. Yes. Uh, listen, I and and I am going to I'm going to say this completely. Um, when it comes to organizing us for these episodes, Gene does all of our notes actually. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's our note taker. <laughs> I just, if I'm being completely honest, I really just rewatch the episodes just to rewatch the episodes, and then like I I look at Gene's notes, and then I as I'm watching the episode, I'm like, okay, I can see that, and then from there, I kind of build on ideas <laughs> of what else to talk about. But for the most part, I really just have his notes pulled up, and and whatever we don't talk about or whatever someone doesn't get to, I try to incorporate it, like. The whole Stephen remembering um, about the mission objective because we hadn't talked about that yet. I'm like, oh well, I want to make sure that's included at least in this podcast. Hey, but it, it was in the notes. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it is in it our is notes. In our so notes. we did. That's not like we overlooked it. I overlooked it. Whether or not we talk about it is a different story. Okay. All right, but it's there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do we think about um, 
sort of the process of fusion. So apparently they have, they sort of do this dance before they do the fusion. And so I think it's very interesting that just sort of as a, a plot device to have them sort of assert themselves and their identities through dance before they sort of fuse them. Mm-hmm. And so Amethyst does like the stanky leg and Pearl does like this sort of ballet sort of dance. And it's sort of, it's very congruent with their sort of personalities. Yes. And and I, I just love how Rebecca Sugar sort of just accounts for everything. When when they when they fuse, Opal's weapon is a bow, which is pretty much composed of the string, which is Amethyst's whip, and then uh Staff. What do you call it? Like the like the staff of the bow? Um which is sort of composed by um staff. Pearl's spear. Yes. Staff. Is Pearl's Pearl's weapon is a staff, yes. Okay. Um, Which is weird because she has all those swords, but she has her her weapon is a staff. Yeah. And so, you know, the bow is something that requires sturdiness, but it also requires fluidness. Um, Sort of sturdiness to sort of create that sort of Mm -hmm. elastic force that the bow has, but it needs the string, which is the part you actually manipulate. And... uh, that's sort of Amethyst and Pearl sort of working together with their own personality traits. Um, Pearl is rigid and sturdy while Amethyst is sort of fluid and goes with the flow. And uh, I don't know. I think she sort of accounted all of that into that sort of imagery. And I just love it. Well, and one thing that I always loved about uh, the image of the, of the, and this is more of a literal uh, a literal image of a bow. When you talk about a bow, it is the only um, tool that you will ever use that to go forward, you have to go back. Mm. So to propel your, to propel the arrow forward, you're pulling back on the string. So this is the one moment where moving uh, that going backwards is what's going to help propel forward. Um, which again, if we look at the, the whole thing of Pearl and Amethyst for them to move forward, they have to kind of look back at their relationship. The only way for them to fuse is for them to actually look into their relationships, look back into what the, uh, you know, the mistakes that they make because fusion is, um, is that amalgamation. It's them joining together um, implicitly and it's impossible for them to do that if they're not in harmony. How'd you like it? How'd you like that one? Yeah, that's that's poetic as hell. <laughs> Mark, you can join. Okay, it. so uh, does anybody have any? Well, I mean, you kind of basically said everything that I wanted to say in terms of um, the relationships between Pearl and Amethyst. So, um, I feel like if anything, that's a good way to kind of round out this episode. Anybody have any other anything um, to add? Any closing thoughts? I don't know. I again. I I just think Rebecca Sugar is magic. Yeah, pure magic, gem, gem magic. magic. <laughs> exactly. All right. So everyone, thank you again for joining in on another episode of Here Comes a Thought. Um, if you want to find us, we are always on Twitter. You can find us. I will put all the Twitter handles on the show notes um, because I can't spell them all. And you can find us on GT forums and the Discord. Again, all links will be in the show notes. 
So until next time, guys. Oh, special thanks to Joe Jeremiah who let us use the segment of his Steven Universe cover for "Here Comes a Thought" as our theme song. Bye. So until next time, bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.